This is Inside the Writer's Head with Kurt Dynan. He is the Library Foundation of Cincinnati and Hamilton County's 2016-2017 Writer-in-Residence. The Library Foundation's Writer-in-Residence program promotes writing, literacy, and creativity in our community, all while furthering the library's mission of connecting people with the world of ideas and information. Our podcast starts now. Hi, this is Kirk Dynan, the Cincinnati Public Library's Writer-in-Residence with another episode of Inside the Writer's Head. Today's guest not only has her debut book, a memoir titled The Yellow Envelope, being released by Sourcebooks Publishing on April 4th, but she also just happens to be my cousin. Kim Dynan lives in Cincinnati, but as you're about to find out, she's lived all over the world, something her book focuses upon. And she's here today to talk writing, blogging, travel, and living life on your own terms. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Kurt. Thanks for having me. So do you find this as weird as I do? Like, we're related. Uh, we live close to each other. And we both have books out or coming out from the same independent publisher. That's strange, right? <laughs> it's very, feels very strange. And I think what's even stranger is that we really didn't know each other or spend any time together until after we'd both uh, signed these book deals with source books. And the way we kind of connected was I had uh, Google searched my own name in source books, as you do. Uh, right after I had uh, signed on with them, and your name pop- popped up on on the internet, and so um, I emailed you, and you know our our dads are brothers, uh, but something to know about our family is that it's like gigantic. Right. Right. There's like thirteen uh, brothers and sisters, uh, and so the, and all these cousins, and so we just never really knew each other until until now. Right. Your dad would tell my dad, or I would see him when I would go over to my parents and your dad would say, my daughter writes. And I would just nod nicely and go, uh-huh. Right. Because everybody writes. <laughs> right. So I'd be like, yeah. And he'd be like, no, you guys should get together. And I'm thinking, yeah, we should. No. And then it was like, <laughs> no, you have a book coming out. So um, I just thought that was just fascinating and, and odd. Um, so your book is about travel, right? Your blog is about travel. Have you had this wanderlust your entire life? I have, I, although I didn't have the the term for it uh, as a, a kid, but I have always been the kind of person that is just curious about what's around the next bend. So, you know, when I was even just a little kid, I would walk around the neighborhood and explore, you know, the woods, which felt so big then. And now I look at them and it's like, you know, just this tiny dot of trees in the middle of the suburbs. Yeah. But um yeah, I it just I was have always been curious about about the next street over and and as I got older and my world got bigger, that kind of expanded to the next state and the next country and uh I just wanted to go everywhere and I still do. What was like the first real trip you took? You know, like non-family vacation, like you are embarking, like you are you know, you feel you are really doing something adventurous like what was that well uh when i graduated college uh i moved across the country to oregon and i'd never been there i have like no idea how why why anyone would have hired me but they did um 
And so I got a job in Oregon, and my boyfriend at the time, who later became my husband, came with me, and we just packed up the car, and we drove across the country. And I remember that feeling of hitting the Rockies and feeling like I had never seen anything like that before. And the further we got away from Ohio, this feeling of no one knows me, you know, and I know no one, and anything could happen. You know, I think that maybe that scares some people, that feeling, but I loved it. And I still love that feeling about travel. I love stepping off a plane in a country and I can't speak the language and I don't know where I'm going. And I just think anything can happen now. And at this point, how many around how many countries do you think you've you've visited? I think 27 countries. Um, And, you know, I that makes my heart sad a little bit because there's so many more countries to go to. Um, But I think it's 27 and and so many more that I hope to get to in the future. So you you took that love of travel and then you've kind of morphed it into your writing, right? I mean, that's what you write about. Uh, your your book, which we're going to get to here in a minute, is about is about travel. And but you have a blog, right? right. Um, that's all about travel. So how did that come about? Like, have you been writing your whole life, or is this something that grew out of your love of travel? How did that work? Uh, I've been writing my whole life in the sense that I, uh, you know, I've always I always wrote poetry. That's what I started writing. Uh, just as a five-year-old, I would like sit in the backyard and, and write poetry. And, and I actually won a writing contest in elementary school. And that was like the best, like still probably to this day, <laughs> the biggest thing I ever did. I was also fifth grade class president. I feel like I really peaked in elementary <laughs> school. Um so I wrote poetry and then um, and writing has just always been it's such an important part of my life, something I just did for myself. And then, uh, you know, when I started working full time, it was something that I just stopped doing. And and I write about this a little bit in the book, but over time, it just felt like something was missing from my life. I mean, not only was I kind of wanted something more than than what I had with like just like a house and a job and like a really nice life but just not a very exciting life um uh, and so you know I wanted to travel to kind of like shed those things but I also wanted to to travel so that I could take some time for myself and and maybe launch a life as a writer I mean it sounds crazy that I would just like do that but that's what I did (laughs) and the blog was part of that I started this blog so that I could write about my experiences, kind of preparing to take this big leap, and then, of course, what would happen afterwards. And your blog, your blog's title is what? It's called So Many Places, and there are hyphens in between the words. So it's like so hyphen many hyphen places.com. Do you regret that? I totally regret that. It Here's a tip. Do not ever, 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 if you're buying a domain name, no hyphens anywhere. In fact, here's my number one tip. Just just buy your own name, kimdynan.com. That, that's what I would do uh, the second time around. Is it still available? Actually, I so I did buy it. Okay. Yeah, and I have like my portfolio up on that site. So I had one years ago. I had kirkdynan.com. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I, since it's expired, if you go there, uh, I think it's owned by some Chinese company. <laughs> And you have to pay a fortune to buy it back. They truly believe in me. I think that's what they're doing. They really think this guy's going to be someone big. Yeah. Um, but so then, yeah, I don't have I don't have my own name or whatever, which is just so weird. <laughs> um, but your blog's like really popular, right? Like, how did you grow that audience? Oh, how did I grow that audience? I I mean, it happened really organically. I just started 
writing on the blog and I wrote, you know, like you were saying, I, I do love to write about travel, but I think what I love even more is writing about all the things that travel does for me. So it makes me, um, it kind of teaches me things about myself, you know, as any new situation does. And it, it like terrifies me and, and then, and it delights me and, and all these things. And so, um, and so I forget the question. <laughs> what just how you, just how you grew to... that audience. Yeah, without it. I... So anyway, I was writing about those things. You know, I was writing very honestly about my fears and, you know, because I was going to quit my job and sell my stuff. And, you know, like that just seemed really dangerous. You know, like what about saving for retirement? What about health insurance? Like what about all of these like normal things that you have to consider in the right. modern world? Um, and so I was writing about those things. And, and I think you know, people found me and they were either planning their own trip and had the same fears or they were just kind of, I think, interested to watch how this like would evolve. Like, is this going to be a total train yeah. wreck? <laughs> Let's watch this woman destroy her life yeah. online. Yeah. Right. Like, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I don't I don't even really know how pe- people found me. But once they did, you know, we can we created real, real connections. And, you know, I, I was telling you a little bit earlier, but with the book coming out, I've kind of organized this DIY book tour and I asked people to read my blog, like, can I sleep on your couch? Like, can I come and speak at your local bookstore? And, and, you know, people all over the country are just inviting me to stay and, and I'm going to go stay. So it's cool. I've just created this network of, of people that love to travel and talk about travel and maybe want to see if I'm actually a real person after all. Right. <laughs> well, and then the, they're all going to be they're, they're probably all just so ready for the book to come out, right? Because they've probably been reading about that on the blog for yeah. a couple of years, right? Right. They're like, stop asking me to pre-order this book. I, it's, I'll, I'll buy it, okay? Just shut up about it. <laughs> so we need to talk about the book. I mean, that's, that's why you're here. But we need to start with this. Is it the yellow envelope or is it the yellow envelope? I I don't know. I, I want to say that I say... I, I think that the proper way to say it is envelope. And I think that what I say is envelope. But now I'm going to be really paranoid about it. Um, and maybe that maybe we could come up with some like slang, like the yellow E and get get around it. No, this is good. You're going to have to get used to it because you're going to have to be saying it all over, like over and over again. Right. That's true. So I guess uh, you need to give everyone a brief like summary of what the book is about. Okay. Well, the book is about... Um, <clears throat> travel. So he, so here's the thing. As I've talked about a little bit, I convinced my husband to sell all of our stuff and quit our jobs and, and set out on this, this open-ended trip around the world. And right before we were leaving, some friends of ours, Michelle and Glenn, actually, Michelle was my former boss. She's the one who, who hired me um, and brought me out to Oregon in the first place. So she was the crazy person that, uh, that decided to do that. Um, so right before the, we left, they gave us this gift, and it was a yellow envelope. And inside the envelope, there was a check and instructions to give the money away around the world. So um, that's what we did. We traveled around the world for nearly three years, and we gave the money away. And if you read the book, you'll find out that it was not really so easy to do that. It's really quite awkward to give strangers money, especially when you can't speak to them and um, or speak their language and they can't speak yours. 
and then on top of that, you know, it is definitely a journey of personal transformation, uh, not only in my marriage with my husband, but just kind of a story of me figuring out, you know, who I am as an adult and, and what I want out of life and, and where I'm going to go. Right. The book is more the the yellow envelope. And that's what you've been saying, by the way. You don't <laughs> think you are what you're saying envelope. OK. <laughs> it, it's kind of a MacGuffin. Like it gets you started. Right. It gets the book started. But it's not the book's not really about the envelope like right. it does. It's this journey of you um, uh, in your in your marriage and these big questions you have and and, you know, who you're going to be and how you're going to be that person. And, and transformation is the right word for it. I Knowing you uh, was a different experience reading a memoir where you're being <laughs> honest. Like, yeah. you're, I mean, there's just a brutal honesty in there that um, I thought was fantastic. Uh, knowing you made me a bit un, uneasy at times just because you know the person, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The worst thing was that I knew, like, my mother-in-law was going to read that book. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so I wondered, like, because you're you're very open about, like, these questions you have about your life and your marriage and whatnot, and these are all discussed in the book, and these are conversations you have with your husband, were these, were there rules? Was he's like, did he say... Okay, you can't talk about this. Or did you have rules going in, or was like it's all going out? Well, it's funny because at first I I tried not to write about that part of the story, uh, oh, okay. and and so in my first draft it's not even in there. And the thing is though, I couldn't tell the story honestly without also telling that part of the story. Right. So um, so it ha- it had to go in, and y- the thing is, I don't. Like, I, I have, like, no embarrassment about that, and, and neither does my husband. Maybe because partially it's in the past, and I think also because, like, the, be- the, the best thing you can do for other people is tell the truth. Sure. When you tell the truth, it, suddenly someone else who feels that way or who has been through that thing, they're not alone in the world anymore. Like, they see that you've gone through it. And I think that that was something I learned with blogging was that in order to um, – you know, share my experience. Like I just had to tell the truth and I would be terrified and I would hit, you know, publish and then people would be really warm and accepting. And and I sort of, it kind of took the stigma away from just being honest. Is it weird though, that, you know, with this book, with, with your blog, there are people out there who think they really know you. And so they'll probably talk to you and converse with you on this level about things very personal in your life and about your life. Whereas, you know, like nothing about them. That's a weird thing because because they, they do kind of know me. Like okay. they do kind of know me. I mean, obviously they don't know everything about me, but um, the parts that I share are are, are real. And um, and yes, it is. I have met some people that are like, I feel like I know you, and I'm like, well, you do sort of know me, but I don't know you at all. And I I do want to take. The, I feel like I want to take the first fifteen minutes and be like, so just you know, tell me just tell me everything you know like, like condensed version of everything just so that we're on the same the same playing field here no it's it, it's a great book and and a big part of it is that honesty um because at the end i feel i felt like you've been very open with with what this experience was like and and the struggles you had during it and the the victories and then like how you were changed at the end and and I think that's what people kind of want in books. Um, and I just think you pulled it off beautifully. 
Thank you. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> so just on like a business side of things, I guess, or like behind the scenes. So like, selling a nonfiction book is co totally different than selling a fiction book, right? So uh, my book, Don't Get Caught, is like I had to finish the whole thing before anybody would even remotely take a look at it. That's not how nonfiction books work, right? That's not how the memoir worked. How Do you want to walk people through that process? Sure. So, you know, fiction, you have to have everything finished before you uh, go into the process of finding an agent, trying to sell the book. And in nonfiction, you don't do any of the writing first. You write the book proposal first. And then in memoir, it's kind of this gray area. So it was when I did see, sit down with like this idea in mind, like I'm going to write this book and I'm going to sell it. And this is, you know, I'm going to do this whole thing. Um, I didn't really know what to do. Um, and so what I did was um, I did sit down and kind of write like this like horrible first draft of the book. And it was so ugly and I wouldn't have shown anyone. Um, and then at that time, I asked a friend uh, who had sold a memoir and she said, stop writing, start your book proposal. Because, you know, y you are going to have an agent and an editor that are going to be um, have things to say about your story. And so you're going to be spending a ton of time writing a story that that might change. Um, and so that's what I did. I kind of set the draft aside and I started working on the book proposal. Okay. And then I just went through that the whole process of finding an agent and selling the book and it makes it sound real easy breezy when I'm saying it but of course it's like this really long process so the book proposal has some evidence that you can write right right, right. you have to pr you have to provide sample chapters okay okay yes so yeah um right they're not just like I don't know maybe you maybe you're illiterate but hey let's let's sign you <laughs> you know it's right. not like that like yes you do have to uh show I think that you have some writing chops so then I mean you're signing contracts you're agreeing agreeing to write the entire book without it finished which has to be a little scary I would think yeah I mean it was really scary because I'd never written a book before and I didn't really have any proof that right. I could actually right. do it to finish it yeah and then to to complicate matters mm -hmm. uh, you were like full-on pregnant like mm -hmm. ready to go in as you finish the book is that correct that's correct. So uh, I actually found out that I, I got a literary agent and I found out I was pregnant on the same day. Nice. Yeah. So I, I felt like that I was kind of having two babies at one time. <laughs> it's just a book baby was like in gestation, gestation for like two years. Right. <laughs> like I, I don't know when animal that holds their baby <laughs> forever. Um, yeah. So I was very pregnant and I had this a lot of things happened at once. Like, uh, we were traveling for three, we were actually living in Mexico when I, when I was found out I was pregnant and when I sold the book. And so we, and I was very sick from being pregnant. And I, we thought originally that we would just have the baby in Mexico and go on with our right, lives. Right. And, um, it didn't turn out that way at all. I was just miserable and I just wanted to come home. Right. And so we came back to Cincinnati, which, you know, we hadn't lived here since we left, since I left for college. So it was in some ways coming back to a place that it was home, but in a totally new way. Yeah. Um, so we came back and I was pregnant and just like adjusting to everything, like adjusting to being back in the States and like living in the, uh, like not living out of a backpack and being pregnant. Um, and I just really, 
I've heard other women say this, but like I totally had this baby brain where I could, I felt like I couldn't write. And I uh-huh. wrote a lot of the book while I was pregnant. <laughs> and so like, I guess I could write, but I wasn't, normally when I write, I know I'm onto something if like I feel this deep emotional connection with what I'm writing. And I just couldn't have this emotional connection with anything while I was pregnant, except for like the feeling of being pregnant. Like right. it's the weirdest thing. I was so, I was so internal, like everything was internalized. Um, and so I just had a really hard time writing. So you finished the book how long before you gave birth? So, well, I didn't finish the book before I gave birth. Oh, okay. Birth. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I had to turn in the ma- manuscript, um, a couple of months after the baby was born. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, I, then I was trying to write with like a newborn, right? Which is Sleep not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So if this book is terrible, it's actually not my fault at all. It's the baby's it's fault. It's the baby's fault. Let me try again. It's the reason you have children. <laughs> yeah. To blame them for all of your mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what tips do you have for people out there who are interested in writing a memoir? I mean, like, is there anything you wish you'd known before you got started, or that as you went through it, you're like, okay, if I do this again, this is how I'm going to do this differently? Well, I think in general, something that we already touched on, but uh, I wish I would have known how long this process took because there was a lot of stress involved in thinking that everything would happen right away and it didn't. So that's something I wish I would have known. As far as writing the memoir, I mean, one thing I actually do is help people with their book proposals, their Mm -hmm. nonfiction book proposals. And people come to me with a lot of stories and... I, you know, the thing is, it's worth it to spend a lot of time thinking about how your story, your true story, will still read like fiction. I mean, there has to still be a narrative arc. The, the character, which is probably you if it's your memoir, you, you know, you, you have to, there are things that you have to butt up against and there are lessons that you have to learn. I mean, the character has to evolve just like any character in any book. Right. And if you haven't quite evolved yet or if you don't quite know the lesson yet, then maybe it isn't time to write the book yet. Sure. It, it, someday it will be. Write it all down anyway. Just know that, it, you know, some things take longer to come to life than other things. Yeah, it's probably good to to write about it when you can so that you can at least be in that place, mm-hmm. especially with those emotions, right? So you don't forget all the little things and all the details. Yeah. I mean, I'm a journaler, so especially while I was traveling, you know, I don't have a very good memory, so I relied a lot on my journal. But because I would like had all this free time while I was traveling, I mean, I would there would be days when I would sit there and I would just write about what I was hearing or how it sounded from my apartment in India to listen to the woman sweep the dirt off her stoop across the street. So I would it was just fun for me to write those things down, and I had those details then to okay. that could feed into the book later. Right. So like conversations, how does that work with memoirs? Like your you know, clearly it's nonfiction, but we understand that you didn't have a stenographer right during the conversations. But were snippets of those things in your journal, or some things were not like quotes, right? Um, but I just remembered the conversations to the best of my ability, and you know, a lot of the dialogue in the book is between me and my husband. And so we would, as I was writing the book, I would sit down and I would be like, "So, like, let's go back there and let's talk about what was happening then." and and of course, because I know the way he speaks and I know the things he says, like I could recreate what that conversation was, even if I couldn't remember it word for word. All right. I understand. So the, 
uh, I'm guessing now, uh, people listening to this podcast, there are people thinking right now, uh, and people who read the book, they're going to go like, all right, that's it. Like, this is what I needed. I'm scrapping it. Like, I'm selling the house. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking all of the cash. We're traveling the world. And you. it turns out you, you self-published a book mm-hmm. about doing um, kind of just that, right? What can you tell us about light, Life on Fire? So I, I self-published that book while I was traveling. And I was just kind of like on this high because... What had happened was everything that I had dreamed of doing, it was like actually coming true, right? Like I had actually done this thing I didn't think I could do, which was like chuck it all and travel. And I was actually like managing on a shoestring budget to like fund my life of travel. And I just felt like I have to tell everybody about this. Um, But the book is not, it's not about traveling. What it is about is it, it's, I say it's a step-by-step guide to living your dreams. But, you know, I kind of take people through things like, fear like I always say fear is not a red flag because I think people get scared of something and then they they stop doing it but in reality I think fear is just this normal thing that we have and a lot of times the fear is like this really great signpost that's like you're scared yeah you should be go do it yeah like you should be scared that's what life is all about is being scared like not like sitting at home in your sweatpants like eating Doritos and watching TV that's not scary and it's not really living either so um, I talk about that. I, I talk about like things like naysayers, you know, when you really want to do something, but, you know, the per- somebody that you love is, is like just not supportive. You know, how do you manage that? Right. So, so those are the kind of things that I, I wanted to give people like a little bit of a handbook so that if they, you know, they didn't know where to start, they encountered their first of many setbacks, you know, how do they keep going to reach this big dream, whatever it is. Maybe it's traveling the world. Maybe it's writing a book, whatever it is. Right. This wasn't uh, in the book covers this. This wasn't something your your husband bought into right away. Right. I mean, <laughs> you like you pitched the idea and then it was like there was a gestation period on that of about how long. Oh, I mean, I think that he was not sold even as we were leaving. Right, right. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is now he's the one who's like, let's go. Let's get out of here. Um, so, you know, he kind of discovered this thing that he loves to do that, like, you know, I was telling my story in the book. I wasn't telling Brian's story Mm -hmm. necessarily, but he changed more than I did. Oh, it's there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so what's next? Like, I'm guessing someone like you, uh, I mean, you've been here in Cincinnati for how long? Almost two years. Right. You've got to have itchy feet at this point, right? Like, what is, is there a plan? Well, there is a plan. Um, so now we have a baby, and she's a year and a half old. And last September, we bought this, like, little Shasta camping trailer. It's, like, 80 square feet. It's so small. And um, we kind of have this plan to take off and uh, travel around the country for a while. I secretly have this plan to make my daughter the youngest person to visit all of the national parks. Nice. We'll see. Um, so that's our plan. I mean, we, it's nothing, nothing set in stone, but, uh, you know, we, I just, I think our life will always be a couple of years of settling down and working and a couple of years of traveling. And if we can pull that off somehow and people still give Brian jobs, even though they're like, why do you keep quitting and <laughs> coming back for two years? It just points at you. Right. Yeah. Like mine's my wife's fault. Um, so, you know, if we can, if we can find it in ourselves to be brave enough to do that with a child which yeah. changes things sure um 
then that then that's what we'll do next. It's, it's on the horizon. So, all right, my standard final question: dinner party. Yeah. Uh, you can. In, I hope you've planned for this. <laughs> you can invite one writer, one like musician, one actor or actress, and then one miscellaneous person. Right. To to a dinner party, they have to be alive. Right. Oh, they have to be alive. I'm sorry. Like everybody wow. asks that question, it's like that's a boring dinner party. Half of them are dead. Um, <laughs> does that change your answer? Slightly, but I can go with it. Okay. So, who are you inviting? Okay. Well, first of all, I have to say that I'm like the worst person to ask this question to because I do not listen to much music. I know how that makes me sound. Okay. My favorite sound of si- is silence, and I don't really watch movies. Okay. So, okay. So that said, my um. My musician would be Amanda Palmer. Okay. I just read her book, and she's not because I really even know her music, but I just read her book, and it is awesome. No, that's Neil Gaiman's yes. wife, yes. correct? I'm sorry, no, I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to characterize her as that's Neil Gaiman's wife, but I'm, just to make clear to the writers, I mean, that's like rock star family, like superstar. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. they're super cool. So why are you inviting her before? Well, because I just read her book, and she's she just sounds like an incredible person. Yeah, have you read very, her book? No, I haven't. She seems very cool. She's very cool, and she's just like she's another person um, that just I'm not comparing my willingness to like be honest with hers because she takes it to a whole new level. But she's just like there's 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 nothing there's no barriers between her and the the people that love her music. It's just incredible to to read about. So I highly recommend her book. It's okay. called The Art of Asking. So that's why I would invite her. Okay. And I've also, by the way, decided to have a dinner party of all women. Okay. Um, my author was going to be Lucille Clifton, who is my favorite poet, though unfortunately she is not alive anymore. Okay. So I think that I will say Anne Lamott. I oh, love, she'd be I a love great her. dinner guest. I know. Yeah. She would be very entertaining, and she would... You know, she would have be a great conversationalist. You just kind of want her living next door. I have my people yeah. I want to live next door to me, and Anne Lamott's in, on my street. Yeah. Because you just know you can go to her, and she's going to be like, sit down. Yeah. I'll make you feel better. I know. Yeah. Like, she, I don't go to church, but she is a Sunday school teacher, and I'm, I like, in my next life, I want to be reborn as a kid in Anne Lamott's Sunday school class. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Anne Lamott and Amanda Palmer. Good. <laughs> they would be an interesting duo, That's I think. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Um, and what are, what are the other? Like actor or actress. Oh. This will be interesting. Oh, Meryl Streep. Oh, okay. I mean, come on. All right. Okay. Like, there's really no other choice there. <laughs> and then my miscellaneous person will be Oprah. I feel like she gets a lot of slack. I, I kind of want to ask her where she's been uh, since, like, November. I, I, I mean, Like, I have some questions for Oprah, but I love her. I mean, I grew up. Like in the Oprah era, right. watching Oprah after school, and I just think she's the coolest lady. I have to explain to my students now, like that reference comes up, and I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, Oprah was the <laughs> biggest yeah. celebrity on the planet, but she wasn't just like a celebrity for no reason. This was a woman who was doing major things, yeah. and, and millions of people tuned into her every day. That's a great dinner party. I know. I would let you come except for that. I could be the I could be the waiter. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's <laughs> in that my works. Chippendales outfit. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. We're taking this party to a whole new level. <laughs> uh all right. So before we finish this off, is there anything else uh you'd like to add? Um the book comes out when? April fourth, twenty seventeen. 
and the and the website is <laughs> so many places with hyphens in between.com. You can also just go to kimdinan.com and I have a little blog tab on there. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I interrupted again. Is there anything you would like to add? Anything you want to say or <clears throat> I don't think so. I mean, if you I'm all over social media, so if you if you live in Cincinnati and you're listening to this blog po- po- this podcast, um, like let's meet for coffee. <laughs> that's my that's my thing. I just like I like to meet people. Just hit Kim up online. Yeah, hit me up. Do on. coffee. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Kim. Kim's fantastic debut, The Yellow Envelope, will be released by Sourcebooks Publishing and will be available everywhere. You should check it out. For the Cincinnati Public Library, I'm writer-in-residence Kurt Dynan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Inside the Writer's Head. Inside the Writer's Head podcast is produced by the Public Library of Cincinnati and Hamilton County. Special thanks to the Library Foundation for funding the Writer-in-Residence program. Learn more and read the Inside the Writer's Head blog on our website, cincinnatilibrary.org. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.